So we're going to talk about sickness and healing this morning. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinterpretations of Scripture. But, you know, the Bible is very clear. And so I want to just share a few things this morning with you. So, number one, help you understand what the Bible says about healing and really answer these questions. But also, so that when people say things around you, you know, I mean, because, and you'll understand some of the things I'm going to share this morning. Because people make statements because they don't know if God will even want to heal them. Well, if you don't think God wants to heal you, then guess what? It's probably not going to happen. And, uh, you know, but we can even be a blessing to those around us. Like, oh man, I just wish the Lord would heal me. And we could say, He will. What do you mean he will? How do you know he will? You know, I mean, things like that. And uh, even in our own life, you know, but the thing is to tell somebody else about it, you need to have an understanding in your own life about it and in your own heart. And so I'm just going to jump into my first question this morning and then we're going to walk through some scriptures together. But here's the first question. It says, when does a person know when to go to a doctor if they are ill? Now, uh, part of this question, I believe now, you know, Give us some grace over these next number of weeks as we're trying to answer these questions because this is the first time we've done this and I wish I could say, hey, I need some clarity on this question or this question. So we had to get together and say, what do we think they're asking on some of them? And uh, this was not necessarily one of them. But uh, so if we don't quite get your question right, uh, let me just apologize. It's my fault. You know, and so uh, but there are some things here, though, and this is a very legitimate question. Uh, because people struggle sometimes with the thought, if, I'm, if I have symptoms in my body, you know, I mean, and, and it's even been taught, which is an error, that it's not faith to go to a doctor. Well, that's not wisdom. And there have been people who have passed away prematurely simply because they were told that it was wrong to see a doctor. That's not God's best. At all. And so, uh, you know, I want to give you uh, just a few verses and some thoughts here as we're walking through this. Because, well, let me just read you the verse. It's in Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus is talking, and I'm kind of taking it out of context a little bit, but it makes the point that I'm wanting, and you'll understand. Because people were saying, why is he hanging out with drunks and prostitutes and all that kind of stuff? And, and you know, why is he hanging out with the what they would consider the scum when he could be hanging out with the right people, the good people, the righteous people. And Jesus makes a statement here in Luke 5.31. He says that healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. So who goes to see a doctor? Sick people. Jesus said this. Not me. If you're sick, there's nothing wrong with going to a doctor. And you shouldn't feel condemned. You shouldn't feel ashamed. It's not a lack of faith to go to a doctor. As a matter of fact, it might even help you know what to believe for. It, you know, because you may say, I've got symptoms in my body, but I don't know what's wrong. So how do you accurately have faith for something? You're just like, well, God, just heal me. And, and if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. But what if it's something specific? I believe faith works. I'll say it this way. Faith works better for me when I'm specific because I know when I get my answer. Why? Because I was specific in my request. Therefore, my answer is specific. I know God heard and I know God responded because he answered the very thing that I had asked for. Let me give you a couple of examples of this, uh, kind of practically speaking. Because this is a mis- it really it's a misunderstanding and a misinterpretation of Scripture. That we would really allow um, for teaching, if you will... To keep us from... Because God will use medicine. God will use doctors. 
You know, there are those elements. But let me give you an example of this. When I was in college, I've shared this testimony before, I had severe knee problems. Like, I've been an athlete my whole life, the whole deal. And I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs. I had to go see an orthopedic surgeon, all this stuff. I mean, I'm 19. And uh, so they look at me and they're checking everything out and they say, hey, you know, this is what's wrong. You're going to have to do these stretches. But at some point in your 20s, you're going to have to have double knee replacement uh, because there's some, you've got structural problems. Uh, some things when you were born weren't connected right, so forth, so on. So they're like, you know, basically, if you'll stretch, you can buy yourself about five years, is what they told me. If you'll constantly really stretch because your muscles are pulling so tight on the tendons, eventually either they're going to rupture or you're going to get double knee replacement. And uh, so I knew what the problem was. I just knew I was in a lot of pain. I didn't know exactly what it was. I'd never been in pain like that. And uh, one day, uh, I was at church, and uh, you know, and I was just worshiping and time worshiping. There was a healing line, and so I thought, man, I, I'm in pain. I'm gonna go up there, and, and I'm just kind of minding my own business. And this the minister who was uh, ministering that night came to me and said, "What do you want?" And before I even knew what I had said, I said, "I want new knees." Like just, I was just like, "What did I just say?" You know, and he laid hands on me, you know, and the Lord works, and and it. Just miraculously, I can't even explain it. When I got up, I felt like I jumped off of a trampoline. Now, I can't explain that. And I can tell you this. So now, that's been, I was 19. I'm about to be 37. I've never had a knee problem since. Amen. It was a supernatural healing. But I wouldn't have known to even to ask because it wasn't something that I had believed for or said or even thought about. But in that moment, he said, what do you want? <clears throat> you know, Jesus did that to people. Blind people walk up to Jesus, and he's like, what do you want? <clears throat> like, well, I got a hangnail. No. They're like, hello, I'm blind. But he still asked. You know what? Well, I wouldn't even have known to have said, I need new knees. Now, I can tell you, if I went and got an x-ray today, they would give me the same diagnosis. In the next couple of years, you're probably going to have to have surgery. Because nothing physically changed. I mean, the things that they showed me are still there, but yet there's, I'm telling you, not one time. Not even an ounce of pain. And I was in pain where it hurt just to walk on a flat floor. Much less going. And I've played basketball. I've played football. I've done all kinds of snowboard. I I do all kinds of stuff that would give me ample opportunity to have hurt myself. And uh, not intentionally. I try to be safe. But I haven't let it change my life either. Why? Because God worked in a moment. Here's another example about this. You know, me and Dara have been all over the world, really, in missions trips and doing missions work. And uh, we've been to several areas where, uh, you know, we've been to certain parts of Africa and South America where, you know, things like malaria and those types of things are very prevalent. Especially for us because we have no immune system for that. We don't have those problems here in America. Well, before we go, you always go to the CDC website, Center for Disease Control. And they're going to say, where are you going? And you do this and they say, this is what you need. And usually it's like... Four to eight things. When I went to Africa, I had, I had to have nine different medications. Some were shots, some were pills. I mean, it's just like, it's like, man, is this worth going? And, uh, you know, but even in that, and I've heard people make statements like this. Well, if it's the will of God, he'll protect you. You don't need it because it's expensive. I mean, when I went to Africa, it was over 10 years ago. And it cost me over $500 just in the medication to go. You know, and... But it's wisdom for me to go see a doctor. I'm not going to be foolish and call it faith. And just say, well, the Lord's going to protect me. Now, I'm going to take the medication. Why? Because they say I need to. Now, if i got to check in my spirit about it, that's a different story. That's where we have to be led by the Spirit. You know, a very real example of that. When uh, we went to Peru one time on the Amazon, we had taken some teenagers with us. And two boys that were brothers... 
had both gone to the same doctor, had gotten the wrong malaria medicine. They both got malaria. I mean, it was vicious. I, I mean, it was crazy because they were both pretty stout guys. And man, it, it was something crazy to watch. That's why we don't trust in doctors. Why? Because they're human. They make mistakes. Look, they're not perfect. They're doing the best they can. And I appreciate them and all of their work and their effort and their energy. But, and really what they did was they'd given them the wrong medicine for the wrong area. That's all it was. All the rest of us, there were other people on the trip. None of us got it, but both them brothers did. But they were on a different type of medication. Well, it's not a lack of faith for me to go and say, hey, I need malaria medicine. Their mosquitoes are really bad there and I don't want to contract those types of things. There's nothing wrong with that and you should never feel condemned even proactively doing some things. And so there's some things like that. And so we have to know that there's nothing wrong. You know, I'll give you another example of this. There's nothing wrong if you need like um, uh, blood pressure medicine to keep your blood pressure regular. Now, this is just, this isn't biblical per se. This is just my personal feeling, my personal thought. I never want to have to live on medication. And if I do, I'm going to be in faith constantly that I'm not going to live on medication. If you need it, you take it. But there might be some things that you need to do to adjust certain things. Now, there are some things that, naturally speaking, there's not anything that you can do to fix certain things. I get that. But that's where you still need to be in faith. But even if they can moderate certain things... You ought to constantly be believing God to work in your life. Your faith ought to always be out there. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for you to be well. Now, we do have a natural part to play, and we'll look at this here in a few minutes. And I thank God for doctors. I mean, I'm very thankful for doctors. You know, I mean, I'm not one just to jump up and run and go to the doctor. But at the same time, that's partly just because I'm stubborn. (laughs) You know, I mean, we had a deal this week with Dara. She had something with her eye. And she had like some, I don't know, some kind of goo stuff on her eye. And I told her, I was like, you need to go to the doctor. And she's like, I don't want to go. And I said, no, you're going to go. I said, you go today and get it looked at. And if they give you medicine, you get the medicine. Well, they said she had something in her eye and it had, I don't know, scratched her eyeball or something. And so it was just irritated. And they're like, just, you know, basically really expensive neosporin. Put this in your eyeball, you know. And, uh, you know, but there's nothing wrong with it. God can work. Even with medicine. Yes. And the thing is that I'm not trusting in the medicine as much as I am trusting him. And that's where we've got to, And that's really the, the focus for us. Is that man where is our trust at and where are we uh, looking at. Now I want to share just a couple things with you quickly about this. Because even when we're talking about believing God and trusting in God. You've got to know that it's God's will for you to be well. Amen. That God will heal you. That God will work on your behalf. So I want to share with you two verses here. The first one comes out of Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. This is a prophetic verse speaking about Jesus. And it says that surely He has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. And has carried our sorrow and our pains of punishment. Yet we um, ignorantly considered Him stricken and smitten, afflicted by God. It says, but in verse 5, it says, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace. So in other words, the price that had to be paid for us to have peace. And well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes, and it says that, that when it says in the Amplified it adds, it says, with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. 
Jesus took stripes or got, took lashes, the cat of nine tails. The Bible says that he took stripes upon his back. Why? So that we could believe and have an expectation for healing in our life. So for us, you know, and you have to be careful in this. Look, this is one of those areas that the enemy will jump all over. You may be sick, say, man, or dealing with symptoms in your body that you've been dealing with and dealing with and dealing with and dealing with in your body. And the enemy would love nothing more than to get you to a place of condemnation and saying there's a reason that God won't work for you. You've done something wrong or this or that. No, you just continue to stand in faith. Don't allow the enemy to use your ailment against you. If anything, allow that to motivate you to believe God. Because here's the thing. The enemy's a liar. How do you know he's lying? He's talking. Right? (laughs) He's a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. Well, how do you know if it's the enemy? It's pretty simple. Is it good? Is it bad? The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. None of those are positive. Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. God's not going to make you feel guilty. Why? Because Jesus has provided a way of escape. And so even for us as believers, and here it says that he was wounded even so that we could be made well and whole. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says, says this. It says, Dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are in spirit. Other translations say that I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So here's another element to this according to this scripture. If you're believing God for healing and you're not seeing that healing come, what what do I do? You need to grow in your soul. You need to grow spiritually. You need to begin to pursue to grow in the things of God. Why? Because it says that even as your soul prospers, your healing will come. It's not God withholding you. It's not God saying, I'm waiting for you to pass the test so I can heal you. That's not how God works. But sometimes there are things in our own life, and I'm going to give you some very specific ones here before we close out today, about this that are hindrances. Because there are hindrances to healing. And it's not on God's side. It's never on God's side. So here's another question that we had come in. How many of you have ever heard the statement that there are two things that are certain in life, death and taxes? There's only two things certain. We're all going to die and we're all going to pay taxes, right? Well, we had a question. About this, and it says, uh, How do we know that when we die, that that was not part of God's plan? And they specifically talked about, you know, use the illustration death and taxes. So I'm assuming that that's what they were referring to. I make that assumption. If I'm wrong, you can let me know. But we, I mean, the Bible talks about that death is an enemy, it says it's the last enemy that will be conquered. So unless Jesus comes back, we will all cease to exist in this earth. Now here's the good news. As believers, the Bible says the moment that we stop our last breath, we're present with the Lord. So we don't have any concern about that. But the question here is, is how do we not know that that was part of God's plan? And, and so this, and you know, and we hear statements about these types of things where people, you know, someone dies young or just unexpectedly or, you know, I mean, they don't live, I'll say it this way, they don't live out a full life. I mean, I was talking to uh, somebody this week, and they were telling me their family history. They said, my uncle died in his 40s. My, you know, he gave me like three or four different men in his family who had all died of heart disease when they were in their 40s, and he was in his 40s. And he's thinking like, man, I hope. Like, I mean, you know, it's not God's will for you to die young. 
No, God died, and Jesus came so that we could have a full life. And so how do, you know, and so how do we know that it's not part of God's plan? Well, show me in the Bible where God took somebody early. There's two accounts. Enoch and Elisha, and neither one of them died. God took them, and they will come back. They're the two faithful witnesses in Revelation. So actually, God just said, I need to use you later. You can't die. Right? So, I mean, that's what it says. Enoch was no more, for God took him. Took him where? He's in heaven. Elisha, he was led up in a chariot of fire. Gone. I mean, it is, but... So we have these things, and so, but just because someone dies does not mean that that was in God's timing or in His will. Just because it happens doesn't automatically just, oh, well, God, you know, God works in mysterious ways. No, He doesn't. He revealed Himself through the person of Jesus Christ, through Scripture. He's not mysterious. The Bible says all wisdom has been revealed to us as the sons and and heirs of salvation. God does not have to be mysterious to us. God gets the blame for a lot of things that he has nothing to do with. Natural disasters, earthquakes, oh, it's an act of God. Tornadoes, it's an act of God. We live under a cursed world. Now the Bible says we have been redeemed from that curse as believers. But the Bible, you know, I was, we were talking about it yesterday, and I, I noticed, uh, I, I know a lot of people used to live in Kansas and Missouri, and, you know, there was an earthquake there this week, just in the last couple of days. And we're talking over hundreds of miles Wide, where people are like, man, did you feel that? I saw it on Facebook. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? People from far western Kansas all the way over into Missouri and Tulsa and Oklahoma and down in those. Like all these people that I know are all like, where do earthquakes come from? Romans says that the earth is in travail with the weight of sin. Well, why are we seeing more natural disasters? Why are we seeing that ramp? Part of it is it's the end times. It's a prophetic prophecy that's being fulfilled right before our eyes. It's not God, but what it is. God, Because here's the thing. God told us it was coming. He said, in the last days, you're going to hear of earthquakes in strange places. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, pestilence. There's going to be all these And pay attention. That's what Jesus, that's my paraphrase of what Jesus said. When you see all this, pay attention. Right. I mean, I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about the flooding down in Baton Rouge. And they said, it was a once in a thousand year rain. Once in a thousand years would, they, would it rain like it did there. And that's why it flooded. Well, that's not, a, that's not the work of God. And it's no different even when we're talking about life and people living. What happened, and the curse came when man fell. Sin entered the equation and it changed everything. Now Romans tells us that Jesus came. You had Adam who fell. In the garden, and Jesus came as the second and the new Adam, what? To reverse what he had created. And really, the, the proper way to say it is to reverse what Adam had allowed. Adam allowed the fall to transpire. But let me ask you this. How many of you know that the Bible says it's God's will that all be saved? Okay, well, just logically speaking, is everybody saved? Okay, well, Why? Because they haven't received and they haven't put their faith and put their trust in the Lord Jesus, right? That's right. But is it God's will that they be saved? Yes. yes. Well, is it God's will for them, for everyone to be healed? Yes. yes. Sickness is an enemy that we battle with. 
And just because we may experience illness or sicknesses in our body doesn't mean even... And here's the other thing, and I've heard this talk before, is that if you're sick, there's a cause. If you're sick, there's a cause, there's a reason. In other words, you've done something. And so the thought is, well, if you, if you created it, then you can uncreate it through your life. Through, and look, and, and there is a part to play. But there are some things in life that just happen. Amen. I mean, many of you know this. Max took a pretty good fall earlier this year. It wasn't a demonic force that pushed him off the countertop. It was him doing this. <laughs> and what? It's called the law of momentum. Bam, to the ground he goes. But even in that moment, I had a good hour and a half driving to Little Rock praying the whole way. God worked, he's doing great. Well, so there are some things that are just life. It's just the curse that's on the earth. But it's okay because we have an answer. We're not left helpless or without hope. We have an answer. Amen. So, we understand that God wants everyone to be saved. God also wants everyone to be healed. Now, here's another question, the last question for, the not, for this morning, but I'm going to spend a little bit more time on some things here. But this is a really good question. I love doing the, I used to do this with my teenagers in Kansas. It's kind of where part of this idea came from. Is I, did, I used to do text your pastor services. So they would text me questions. And I loved them because some of the most honest and real questions I've ever been asked in my life were in those moments. And uh, so that was kind of, I did it for years with them. And uh, so that's part of where this, the thought to do this came from. But I, I love this question because it's probably one that many people have thought but never asked. And uh, that's why I like it so much. And, and so I'm really um, glad that we get to speak to it because I believe that it will help answer some questions uh, for you. And it's this, is why does it happen that God will heal one part of my body and not the other parts that need it. Why will God, you know, uh, like for, just use me as an example. You know, why would God miraculously heal my knees, but then there may be the flu or the cold or something else going on in my body. Well, why would God do that in that moment? But then, because it would make sense if God will heal you once, he would just heal you all the time. And the truth is, is that healing is available. End of discussion. Now, there, and we're going to look at a few things here in a minute. That are hindrances to this. Healing is available. But it doesn't mean that we don't go to doctors. It doesn't mean that we don't have surgery. It doesn't mean that we don't use wisdom. But you just pray and you're led by the Spirit. I mean, just like what, uh, what Robert was telling me. You're led by peace. Yeah. You can go to one doctor and they say, you need to have surgery. And something on the inside of you says, mm-mm. Uh-huh. You need to get a second opinion. And you may go to another doctor and he says, you need to have surgery. And then you have peace. Yeah. Maybe you just didn't have surgery by that guy. And the Lord says, he ain't the guy you want cutting on you. Yeah. So you got to go find somebody where you have peace. I mean, I know people that have gone and stayed with doctors. Well, it's been my doctor for 30 years. Oh, I knew they weren't right, though. Maybe you need to change. Maybe you need to go to a different doctor. So don't even just, I mean, and I understand. Look, I'm a loyal person and I appreciate that. But if your heart is telling you, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Why? Because when I'm saying your heart, what is it? That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's leading you. He's talking to you. Amen. And you may need to go get a second opinion. 
I mean, that happened with my mom. She had a, a lymph node that swelled up real big. And they told her, they're like, oh, well, the first actually hurt in this specific instance. They said, it'll be fine. It'll just go away. Well, it was pretty large right there. Actually, it's on this side. Pretty big. It's, you know, where you can see it. And they're like, oh, it's no big deal. Well, she didn't feel right about that. And they're like, just leave it. So she prayed about it. She said, no, I felt like the Lord told me I need to get it taken out. She went and got a second opinion. And the doctor said, you really don't want to leave that in your body. I mean, it's not cancerous. It's not, but you don't want to leave that in your body either. I think we need to take it out. She had peace. She got taken out. Amen. Amen. You know, and so, but that's where it comes back to that we want to trust God. The question goes on. It says, why do I get healed in one part? But it doesn't seem that all parts get healed. And then they added on the second part of the question. It says, sometimes or some things in my body seem to be easily healed and some I can't get a handle on. How many of you can identify with that? You want to be honest this morning? <laughs> so, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. You know, and here's the thing, is that, and, and it really has to come back that you have to settle in you, will God heal you? Does God want to heal you? Because you've got to know that first and foremost. You can't have faith for what you don't believe. You know, Adam's going to be teaching next week about the difference between belief, hope, and faith. That was one of our questions. What's the difference? And we were talking about it, and, and he did such a great job when we were sitting at the table. I said, I think you just need to take that one. And uh, so he's going to be sharing about that because it's important. Because you can't just live in hope. You've got to get to the place of faith. And your belief may not even be in line with the Word of God. I'm going to shut up before I start preaching this message. I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. No, it's important that we know where we're at. And that's the other thing. Let me just say, you need to know where you're at in your faith. Don't try to act like a faith giant if you're not. And I, I mean that with all the love and sincerity that I have. If you're not in a place where you believe that God can heal your body, you need to take some steps to remedy that. Don't be foolish about things concerning your fit. Well, I'm just believing God. We're going to go to heaven early. You've got to know where you're at. And, and that doesn't mean that I analyze the world. I don't believe that. I, I mean, in a certain, I believe God worked and healed my knees because I was ignorant. I just, that's what I want. God worked. Sometimes you can know too much. You can be overly educated. You can be too much in your mind that that can be an inhibitor to receiving healing because you're trying to figure it out. I don't care how God did it. I'm just glad he did it. And I I don't need to know. But sometimes we can get so much information. Like I'll just give you another example of this. I'm just answering questions, okay? So we're going to be pretty loose over the next few weeks. When you get symptoms in your body, you probably shouldn't jump on the internet and go to some website to say, here's my symptoms, what's wrong with me? Because you're going to start reading stuff, you're like, my eyeball itches, and they're going to be like, you got cancer. (laughs) And you're going to be freaking out thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my sight because I got cancer. And no, you had a little piece of trash in your eye, and all you need to do is to go wash it out. But because you got online, and you're like, my eye's irritated, it's red, it's angry, like some weird stuff's coming out of it. You can jump online and all of a sudden, you're a self-diagnosing doctor. Let me, let me answer the question. You are not a doctor. Right? right? Any doctors here? I don't see any. You're not a doctor. Don't self-diagnose. Right? Because I'm not trained for that. So I'm going to trust those who are and I'm going to heed their wisdom. But it doesn't mean I'm just necessarily going to do what they tell me to do. I'm going to pray about it. But I don't want to over educate myself either 
Because that will come in the way of me receiving healing from the Lord. So let me read to you a couple of verses. And, and this just kind of, I really, because I want to hammer this home. And so I'm, I'm reading this out of multiple places. And it's this, is that it's God's will to heal you all the time. It's God's will to heal you all the time. And you're like, well, how can you say that? Well, let's just start. We're going to walk through several verses here. Psalms 103, verse 2. We'll read through verse 5. You may have to just jot these down and watch it on the screen because we're going to roll through these. Psalms 103, verse 2, it says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me, for He forgives all of my sins. Okay. How many of you have had all of your sins forgiven? Okay. He goes on and he says, And He heals all of my diseases. So let me say it like this. If God doesn't heal all disease, then God can't, being just to His Word, also not forgive all sin. It's one and the same. If He chooses, if He picks and chooses who to heal and how to heal, then He picks and chooses who to forgive. But that's not in line with the Scripture. Now we're going to talk about some things uh, that that we hear said about this here in a few minutes. But in verse... uh, uh, four, it says that God redeems me from death and He crowns me with love and tender mercy. Is sickness tender mercy? I love you so much, Dara, that I want to give you sickness. I'm just crazy about her. That's foolish. But yet people make those statements. Oh, the Lord's going to put some sickness on you. That doesn't sound like love and tender mercy to me. He goes on in verse 5 and he says, He fills my life with good things. Is sickness good? I don't know about you. A sick day is not a good day. And yet it says that God fills my life with good things. Health is good. Sickness is bad. Right? Well, God fills my life with good things. He will fill your life with good things. And just because you're standing in faith, the Bible even says, having done all to stand. In other words, let me say it like this. Having done all to believe, just believe. So you may have symptoms, and you may have been believing God for things over a period of time. And you're getting, the Bible talks about that, don't grow weary, don't give up in well-doing. Why? Because you will reap if you don't quit. You just got, sometimes it's a fight of faith. Paul talks about that. It's a fight of faith. Acts 10.38, talking about Jesus. It says, You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went about doing good and healing all. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Now let me just ask you a question about this. Just from scripture because... And this will help tie in some things here in a few minutes. It says here that Jesus went about doing good and healing all. Did every person that came in contact with Jesus get healed? Mm -mm. Think about the the pool of Bethesda. One man got healed and there were a crowd of people. Blind Bartimaeus was on beggar's row and he received his sight and yet the road was full of beggars. So we do have a part to play, and yet, but I do, and so I, I, I believe this scripture. And you could say it like this: is that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who would receive it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also says 
That, they were, that he began to heal all. Why? Because they were being oppressed or afflicted by the devil. Well, that tells you where sickness comes from right there. Jesus, or talking about Jesus, Peter said that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Not to like smooth them over, make, no, to destroy the works of the enemy. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus speaking to the disciples, so this is even involving us. Verse 15 of Mark 16. says, go into all the world and preach the good news to anybody. What's good news to somebody who's sick? You ain't got to be sick. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. The second part of verse 18. It says, because he gives qualifications, these signs will follow those who believe. The last part of verse 18 says, we will be able to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Jesus himself said that believers who believe could lay hands on the sick and they would be made well. And you're like, yeah, but I did that and it didn't work. Are you perfect? Because I'm not. And there is a degree that even the person that I'm praying with has to be involved. You're like, well, I prayed for somebody one time and they weren't even a Christian and God healed them. That's called mercy. You got what you didn't deserve. You didn't earn it. You didn't, nothing. It's mercy. But the scripture still says that as believers, we can lay hands on the sick. So you see somebody at work and they're coughing. And you've had that cough for a couple days. You tired of it yet? Yeah, man, I hate this thing. I believe that I can pray for you and I believe the Lord will heal you. I don't believe in God. What do you got to lose? A cough? A sore throat? Why not? Like, well, I might look foolish. Well, they might get healed too. I don't mean to be pushy or rude or ugly to people. Lovingly. I like one translation that says, hands they will lay and healed they will be. I like that one. (laughs) Hands they will lay and healed they will be. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. says, one day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all all the demons and heal all diseases. says in verse 2, then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You know, healing the sick is supposed to be part of the kingdom of God advancing. You go out and what does he say? Tell everyone about the kingdom of God. And here's the stamp of approval. Sick people are going to get made well. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you authority so that you can heal all sickness. So it's God's will that we be made well. James five thirteen through 15 says this. It says, are any of you suffering hardships... You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. It says, such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. So not all prayer heals the sick. A faith-filled prayer heals the sick. And the Lord will make you well. He goes on and says, if you commit any sins, you will be forgiven. That's God's desire. So I want to share with you in the next few minutes some hindrances to healing. Now these are all natural things for the most part. But they are because we have a part to play in this. They're not all spiritual. They're not all natural. But they are both. And so I want to share some things with you. 
uh, really things that can get, of the, get in the way. Because again, I want to help answer the question for you, but also for you, for somebody else. Well, my mama served the Lord. You know, you'd be talking to me. My mama served the Lord for 60 years and she died of cancer. God just took her. He needed another angel. He needed another flower. I don't know about you, but if I had somebody close to me who died and somebody came to me and said the Lord needed a flower, that would not comfort me. Quite the opposite. I'd be like, shut up and get out of my face. If God needs a flower, he can speak them. That's how he made the earth. He just spoke. I need some more lilies. Bam. He don't need to call somebody up from the earth. Say, oh, I need a saint. The psalmist wrote and said, God is good and does that which is only good. So we've got to answer that in our, in our thought life. So here's some things. I've got quite a few of these. So um, if you have to, I'll email these out because I've got quite a few. You can try to keep up, but good luck. So number one hindrance to healing is a lack of understanding of God's promises concerning healing. You've got to know what the Word says. You've got to be convinced that the Word of God is true and that God wants to heal you and that He will. He wants to and He will. Number two. Now this one, I'm going to have to clarify, but... This is a hindrance sometimes. If you, have, if you knowingly have an area of sin in your life that you're not willing to deal with, it opens the door to the devil. So you can't knowingly live in sin. Why? Because you're leaving the back door open for a robber to come in. Matter of fact, you put a sign in the front yard saying, back door open, come around back. So if there's an area of our life that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with us about, because He will and He does. None of us are perfect. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he will walk with us and deal with one thing at a time. Deal with me one thing at a time and talk to me about things. So if I knowingly have an area of sin in my life, that can open the door to the devil. Now, here's the thing about this. Not all sickness is related to sin. That goes back to that where there's a cause. There's a cause. It's called the fall of man. We live on a planet. Until I get to heaven... I still got a natural body that is dying. Yes. I mean, our bodies are constantly in a process from the moment we're born. If there's parts of us that die and parts of us that are being renewed, it's part of the cycle of what we call life. Yeah. But not all sin- sickness is related to sin, but it can be. Like I said, we can give um, access to the enemy... Into our life. Because we're walking knowingly. Now that's the key. You're knowingly walking in sin. Because look, we all have areas of our life that are not pleasing to God. But the Holy Spirit has not revealed them to us. To deal with them yet. Right? None of us are perfect. But when I knowingly walk in sin, it's different. Here's another one. It's what I call identification issues. You're identified by your symptom. You're identified by your illness. You know, I'll give you an example. I mentioned this one a few minutes ago, but we know somebody in the Bible who is named Blind Bartimaeus. It wasn't, hey, there's Bartimaeus, he's blind. They identified him as he's blind and his name is Bartimaeus. You know, we can do the same thing. Oh, you know, it's my acid reflux. I don't want to claim it. No. Oh, it's just my arthritis. It's just my... And look, and I understand, and, and look, and people can take anything to an error. I get annoyed when I ask people, how are you doing? 
and they're not honest. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I get that. I'm your pastor, and I'm asking a legitimate question because I need to know where you're at so I know how to pray. So don't tell me something that's not accurate. And I would extend that out into people who you know that are spiritual people that are believing with you. Do not live in lollipop world. I'm great, and I'm just speaking. I believe in confession. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I believe in the principles of confession. I believe in the power of God to work. But I also believe that, hey, I still live in reality. And if I'm in pain, I'm in pain. Because I want people to know, look, I'm believing God for healing. I'm standing on the word. Man, I've been confessing the word. I've been doing the things I know to do. But yeah, I've got some pain. Okay, we're going to continue to pray. We ain't quitting. We're just going to keep on. So you can't be identified. So let me say it this way. Don't let those symptoms tell you what you can and cannot do. Sometimes you're just going to say, I don't care. God, I'm going to take a step of faith. Peter walked on water because he got out the boat. Not rocket science. You can't walk on water standing in the boat. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not telling you to be foolish. I'm not telling you to be, you know, to take unnecessary risks. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, you can be believing God, and all of a sudden you're going to be, man, I really, I believe that I have received my healing. How are you going to know if you don't test it? Right. You know, you've had back problems. You're like, I ain't touched my toes in five years, but I feel like I received healing. Touch your toes. Well, I got close, but I didn't quite get there. Touch them tomorrow. Well, I got a little bit closer. Touch them again the next day. Yeah. Keep going until you can. Like, well, I couldn't, you know, I mean, I remember here a while back, my dad had some kind of nerve thing in his shoulder. He couldn't lift his arm up more. Well, he could lift up anything he wanted to like this. He could pick up all the, I mean, 100 pounds. He could pick it up. He went to pick up a coffee cup like that. Yep. Excruciating pain. Just unbelievable pain. It was just the way his shoulder was rotating. Well, I believe I'm better, but I'm too afraid to try it out. Take it slow. Like, don't be foolish, but don't let those, hinder, those things hinder you from receiving healing. Here's another one, and this is a big one. And uh, it's the traditions of men. In other words, the way you were raised. Yeah, this is what I was told. This is what I was taught. Jesus, speaking to the Pharisees, said this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. He, and they're asking Jesus, how come your guys don't wash their hands and do all this ceremonial stuff? And Jesus responds and says, and why do you by your traditions violate the direct commandments of God? In other words, why do you by your tradition not even do what God's telling you? And so here's a few of these, here's a few of these in example that I'll, that I'll give you here this morning that are traditions of men. And you've probably heard some of these. Oh, if it's the Lord's will, He'll heal you. What does the Bible say? He will. His desire is to heal you. That's a foolish statement. God has revealed His will in who? In Jesus, through Scripture, for us and to us, so that we can have all that He's provided for us. Case closed. If it's His will, it ain't if. Several people came to Jesus and says, If you will heal me. And Jesus says, I will. I can. I want to. It's not a question. He wants to. So you've got to be careful, even saying that yourself. Well, if it's the Lord's will, it is. Here's another one. Oh, God's trying to teach you through something through this. That's foolish. 
God is brilliant, and God is wonderful, and God is good. He does not need sickness to teach you anything. God is brilliant. He can teach you anything He needs to, and He does not need to resort to sickness. Sickness is not good. Here's another one. Oh, God's going to receive glory through this sickness. God receives glory in healing. God doesn't receive glory from sickness. God doesn't bring sickness. God doesn't use sickness. He doesn't touch sickness. He brings healing. In the Old Testament, when the psalmist wrote that says that he comes with healing in his wings. Talking about Jesus. It's a messianic prophecy about Jesus. That when he comes, he's bringing healing in his wings. Here's another one. Oh, well, it's just the sovereignty of God. We can never know what God's going to do. If God wants to heal you, well, it's just what? You caught him on a good day. Congratulations. God just heals who he wants. God doesn't respect people, but God does honor faith. I said that earlier. It says that Jesus went about healing all. Well, not everybody around Jesus got healed. But people who had faith did. People who trusted him and would receive from him. They got their healing. Here's another one. It's not, and this is close, or similar to God's sovereignty, but it's not um, God's will to heal all. Well, you just can't know what God wants to do. Well, that's funny because Scripture says I can. So I'm going to take what the Bible says over your opinion. And that's really what it boils down to. The traditions of men are people's opinions. Well, if, it doesn't, if you can't back it with Scripture, and I would caution you to say more than one, I mean, the Bible says, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So you need a couple of verses to back up what you believe. Yeah. And if somebody says something foolish, show it to me in Scripture. Show me where Jesus did that. Did anyone ever come to Jesus and Him say, you know what? The Lord is laying the sickness upon you and it would be sinful for me to heal you. No. Never. Not one time. I mean, let me be honest about this. If God put sickness on you, it would be a sin to go to the doctor. If God used sickness, it would be a sin to, to practice medicine at any level. Every doctor, every nurse, anybody involved with medicine, they're all going to hell. If God's involved, they're in violation and they're opposing God because he's trying to teach folks. I mean, how foolish is that? And yet, because we've been raised to think that way or taught that way, or maybe our grandmother or, you know, a church background or something that we grew up with, that's just the way we think. And we're like, well, it's just got to be the way it is. That's what they said. Just because somebody talks, don't make them right. Just because I say stuff doesn't make me right. The Word of God is right. The Word of God is true. Let me move on. I'm going to run out of time. i got a few more, several for you. But here's another one that I see. And this is, a, and, and really, it's about the heart, but it's guilt from the past. And, and what that creates is a sense of unworthiness. I don't deserve healing. Well, if you have regrets in your past and guilt from your past, the Bible says that God wipes away your past. It's as far as the east is from the west, He remembers it no more. So if He don't remember it, why should I? Right? But if you hold on to that, it will create in you a sense of unworthiness. Well, you were never made worthy, but the blood of Jesus makes you worthy. And that's what Scripture says. And so we'll have those thoughts of, well, I guess I deserve this. Well, you know what I did before I was saved? I did this and I did that. And well, you know, I just... 
The Bible says I've been redeemed. Amen. 100%. He didn't save 65% of me and say, well, 35%, you're going to be on one day. Here's another one. This is a very important one, and this is one that we do have direct relation with, which is the breaking of natural law. I'm going to give you the, what I mean by this. Because natural law is God's law. Why? Because He instituted it. So natural laws are these types of things. So, number one, you've got to take care of your body. Amen. There's laws of health and of nourishment. You need to let your body rest. You might be sick because you're not sleeping. You might be sick because, you know, I mean, it's like the old saying, trash in, trash out. Well, some of those deposits stay with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and y'all have heard me talk about this a lot. I'm big on fasting. I, I, I believe, at the, especially at the beginning of the year. Well, man, you get all kinds of toxins out of you when you quit eating food. And by the way, you can go without food a lot longer than you realize. Trust me. But that's beyond the point. I mean, y'all know I, I have a, a, a very fond attachment to Dr. Pepper. But you know what? I put it away. Why? Because I know it's not healthy. And I've, I mean, it, this seems so dumb. I've had the Holy Spirit tell me to back off. You're drinking too much. Yeah. If I ignore that, and then I get kidney stones because of what I've been pumping through my kidneys, I'm not saying God won't work, but that's a self-inflicted because I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit when He said, you need to quit drinking that. You need to start drinking more water. Yeah. It's a natural law. I can't put anything into my body. And just say, well, God, you're going to heal me. I'm not saying he won't work. I'm not saying that he won't be, have mercy. Because that's how, in those cases, God will have mercy. But look, there are certain things that we do that are going to have adverse effects. And it's not because God did it. It's because of the choices we made. I'm going to make a statement, and I know it's going to be controversial. And I hope it doesn't offend you. I really hope it doesn't. If you smoke cigarettes, what does it say on the carton? If you drink alcohol, what does it do to your liver? Now, look, it's between you and the Lord. I'm not here as judge or jury. That's not what I'm saying. On the package, whether it be cigarettes, alcohol, drugs of any sort... I mean, if you're pumping your body full of even pharmaceutical drugs, it's gonna, it will cause kidney failure, liver failure. It will cause all kinds of things. We weren't built. I mean, here's the good news. Now, I'll tell you this as somebody who used to smoke, so I'm not throwing stones here. You, if you smoke, it's, you can go look it up online. Within 10 years, your lungs will reproduce and will be like you've never smoked. God is brilliant and a genius. Our body can heal and restore. Now, you can believe God. But if you're smoking cigarettes and you got asthma, I'm just believing God healed me from asthma. I got an answer for you. Quit smoking. I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm really not. Please hear my heart. I'm not trying to judge, point fingers. But look, it is a natural law. This causes cancer. I mean, you look on any alcoholic beverage. What does it say? Do not overconsume. Why? Because your kidney is going to be like a rock. Your liver will be like a rock. And there will be no filtration. 
to clean out your system. Well, guess what's going to happen? Tumors are going to begin to form. Cancers are going to begin to pop. Why? Because toxins are in your body. So we can't just eat and do whatever we want. Look, And I'm not a super healthy guy. I'll be quite honest with you. I like my fried foods. I like my stuff. I like to eat my burgers. I like to eat stuff. Right? I drink Dr. Pepper. I'm proud of it. I make no apologies. But I also understand that if I don't allow my body to rest. I mean, the Bible even talks about the earth. About a, a, a field. You farm it for six years and you let it rest for a year. Why? And it's been proven. Those who violate that natural law, their crops will begin to diminish. Those who will let the land rest, their crops are even greater. It's a biblical principle. It's a natural law. God said, if you'll just do it my way. Again, I'm not throwing stones. But people are asking me questions. How come I don't receive healing? Because it's God's desire for you to be well. But if you're doing things. I mean, here's another one. And look, and I understand, I'm not throwing stones. Moderation. I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, we normally buy like the half gallon thing of Bluebell. If you never tasted heaven, eat some Bluebell. You'll have an idea. But Dara bought these little ones. I don't know why. That's like a bad trick, but. You know, and the little ones, like that big, whatever. And I was eating it thinking, you know, this is actually a bad idea because it makes me feel like I'm eating a lot more because I see that thing like dropping down. I'm like, man, I didn't eat like a quarter of that thing. I didn't eat half that thing. I'm like, maybe I should stop. Max was a little extra fussy. He got some bluebell. Problem solved, right? He was happy. But there are natural things. I mean, God is brilliant. He created and fashioned our physical bodies. So why wouldn't we do what he instructs us to do? I mean, look, I hate vegetables. I'll be honest. I'm like a little kid. I hate vegetables. I don't like lettuce. I I hate them. Every January, I quit eating meat for a period of time. Now, it depends on how much time because I'm letting my body rest and recoup. My digestive system needs it. Yours does. I eat vegetables. I eat salad and it's a discipline. I don't like it. But you know what? I can say this. I'm not a sick person. I don't, I, don't, I don't get major things. Now, I'm not saying lifting me up in that way. I mean, look, I'm only 37. I'm probably going to have some challenges at some point. I get it. But, you know, I mean, especially for those of you who are younger, you know how you keep from being older with major issues? You start doing things now. It's a violation of natural law. You can't ignore natural law and say, God will heal me. I'm not saying God won't. But God's saying, you're not walking in wisdom either. And there's a big difference. Anyhow. So you've got to rest. So here's a couple more. And these are more commonly talked about. But unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness towards somebody, it can allow sickness to be in your body. If you worry or you're anxious all the time, yes. it'll create issues. Uh, Here's another one, and this one's, uh, and I'll have to explain it just briefly, is that many times people are seeking the miraculous instead of being healed. In other words, they want something supernatural to happen right now. And because it didn't happen, well, I guess I didn't get my healing. Well, just because it happened in that moment or it happens the next day, who cares? Some people Jesus prayed for, they were supernaturally healed in that moment. Some people says they were healed as they went. Some people, it was you go do this and you do that, and then they were healed. 
I mean, there were lepers who came to Jesus and it says, be healed. And one came back of the ten and he says, hey, I'm going to make you whole. Which means he got his ears back because leprosy ate at the skin. He was restored as you would never know. He was, in other words, there were nine lepers who still had scars. They were healed, but they had scars. But there was one leper who came back and, and basically was thankful. And Jesus said, I'm going to make you whole. There won't even be a trace of a sign in you that you ever had leprosy. But you can't be, so, but we, we can't just seek the miraculous. We're seeking God, and because God shows up, healing comes. This, this ties in with something that I said earlier, is that uh, a failure to act in faith when we're led to. The Lord will give you some instructions. A failure to act in faith. It takes faith to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. you got that little prompting in your heart. It's going to take faith to walk in obedience towards that. Yeah. Another one is that looking at your circumstances... To change before you believe that you've received. That's not the way faith works. Hebrews 11.1 says, I believe, therefore I've received. Believing will precede receiving. Some of these tie in, but here's another one, which is not heeding wisdom. Not listening to a doctor. I mean, I've got a good friend of mine. I was telling the guys the other day when we were talking about this. I have a good friend of mine. If he eats too much red meat, he gets gout. And he's younger than I am. He gets it in his feet, gets it in his knees. He quits eating red meat, it goes away. He can eat it in moderation. He can't be eating pork every day and burgers and steak. Not all the time. He's probably 30. Wisdom says you can eat it, but in moderation. Here's another one. Uh, negative Negative, wrong, or unbelieving thinking. You're thinking wrong. You're thinking wrong. Your, your mind needs to be removed, renewed. Ultimately, wrong thinking results in wrong words. Wrong thinking will result in wrong words. The Amplified Bible of Proverbs 18, verse 20 says this. It says, A man's self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. Or a man's life shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. And with the consequences of his words, he must be satisfied whether good or evil. The words that you speak are seeds. Good or evil. Whether good or evil. It says you will deal with the consequences of your words. Verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge it shall eat of it, for death or for life. Doesn't mean I didn't... And here's the thing. People have taken that word. They deny circumstances. That's not what I'm saying. But the abundance of my words. When I'm not at church... Looking right. How am I talking? Oh, the Lord's delivering me. But then I go home and... Man, I... I don't know what I'm going to do. I just feel terrible. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can't ignore your words and expect God to heal. We don't get to just say whatever we want. And I understand. Look, we all have moments of the flesh where we say things we shouldn't. What do I do? Ask forgiveness. It's simple. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin. So just because we say something, we all say things we shouldn't. All we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Here's the last one. And this one's can be. Uh, again, this, these are hindrances to receiving healing. Is the influence of others around us. Sometimes we have to pay attention to those around us. Because maybe it's not the words that we're saying, but it's the words that people are saying to us. I mean, our thoughts aren't just our thoughts. 
mean, we have to be mindful of those people that we are around. And so, I mean, I'll just give you an example. I mentioned this earlier. If you've got family members that don't believe God will heal you, you probably need to limit your time hanging out with them right now. Why? Because you're going to be like, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm a little hurting today. Oh, well, you know the Lord. You don't need to hear that. That's not helping you. So you may have to put a little distance between you and them for a time. This man, I, we just can't, right now, I, I, I can't go there. And it doesn't mean you've got to call and be like, hey, I believe God for healing, and you don't, so I can't come around for a little while. How many of you realize that's just rude? Oh, but you can just make a decision. How am I going to limit my time? I'm not going to allow their, the negative influence affect me because I'm believing God for something. I mean, it's no different than getting around people. You know, I mean, and this isn't a, uh, you'll understand what I'm saying. You can't hang around people who think poor and not be poor. It's a mentality. And that doesn't mean, well, they don't have money. I've met a lot of rich people that were poor Uh in their thinking. You can't hang around people who don't believe in healing and really have a real belief and strong that, man, God's going to heal me. It's going to be hard. You're going to struggle. Why? Because there's an influence. The Bible says in Corinthians, what it say? That bad company corrupts good morals. The people that we run with, people we're talking to, people we're hanging out with. I mean, I'll just kind of tie this in with something else because I didn't really intend to go there. And I, If I offended you in this, I'm very sorry. But it is still true. If you drink and you smoke and you, you struggle with that, and I, you know, I mean, it's between you and the Lord as far as what you do, how you do. What does the Bible say? Anything in excess is wrong. How about that? That's what the Bible says. It's between you and the Lord. But if it's a problem for you, if it's an overindulgence for you, you want to know how you quit drinking? You quit hanging out with people who are. If it's a problem and the Holy Spirit's talking to you, get away. Like, don't go to the bar. I, I, you know, you want to quit smoking? Quit going to the place where everybody's smoking. Now I tell you this as somebody has a past, that has a history, has those things. You struggle because you're putting yourself around people who are participating in that. But those things can affect your health. And it's not God's fault. We've got to use wisdom. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God to say, man. And look, and I, I'm a pretty strong advocate on this. Is that I'm not here to legislate or to dictate your life. What I am here to do is to tell you, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says if the Holy Spirit convicts you, for you it's wrong. So what's wrong for you may not be wrong for me. What's wrong for me may not be wrong for you. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Lord will speak to us exactly where we're at, exactly with what we're facing, exactly what we're going through. And if you're dealing with symptoms in your body, ask the Lord. He said, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. That's what James said. James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask, and God will freely give you wisdom. Lord, I've got symptoms in my body. Is there something I need to change so that I can receive healing from you? And if you'll do that, and if you'll be obedient, healing will come. God's desire is for you to be well.
God's desires for you to be healthy. God's desires for you to be strong. God's desires for you to live a long and vibrant life. Long and vibrant life. That's God's desire. Jesus paid for you to live a long and fulfilling life. And there may be challenges and there may be questions. And there may be things, I said it earlier, there may be things in your life where you're like, man, I don't understand what's going on. I understand. There may be some things that we have questions about. But for me, Joshua said this, for me and my house, we're going we're to believe God. We're going to serve the Lord. And when we do that, man, we're going to see God work. We're going to see God move. Why? Because He's good. Because He's faithful. Because He wants to do it for you.